Hi everybody, welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host of this podcast. I'm also the founder of NC Real Estate, which is my firm of chartered surveyors designed to help you manage and build commercial and mixed use property portfolios that completely align with your goals. If you want to check out all of our services, you need to head on over to ncrealestate.co.uk where you will find out everything you need to know about our members club, our property management services, and our property investment strategy consultancy. And plus, we've got a few free resources over there. If you look in our e-resources section, you will see some free courses that we've put together and some paid for courses that we put together. So go over there and have a look. It is a fabulous resource. How have you been this week? Hopefully you loved the last week's episode about how property investment can sometimes be slow and why that's actually okay. There's no reason for property investment to move super fast if there's a lot going on and there's a lot of moving parts. You do have to be patient. Today I wanted to talk to you about the risk profiles that I'm seeing out on the market at the moment and how to decide what type of commercial property is right for you based upon the yield, which is the risk. Yeah, so when you're looking at commercial property and especially commercial property that's tenanted, you will usually see a gross yield or it might say net initial yield, which means the yield less purchasing costs essentially. But what you might notice, if you look at all the different yields that agents give you, the net initial yield, the amount that they've deducted is completely different. So everybody has their own uh, deductions for how much they think that percentage is that should be taken off of the... (laughs) Um, gross yield. For those of you who are in the members club, your deal analysis spreadsheet will work out your gross yield and your net initial yield and what that percentage figure is based upon the deal that you're doing. So if you've got access to that, um, go to getting to grips with commercial property and that deal analysis spreadsheet has it so it'll work itself out for you, right? For those of you who aren't in the members club, getting to grips with commercial has all of that information. Now, More often than not, when an investor comes to me, they say, well, hold on a second, Natasha, how do I know which yield is right for me? And a lot of investors see these shiny things on social media or a mentor or somebody has told them, you must be getting 15 to 20, 25% return on capital employed on your investment which is fine if you don't mind a lot of risk. But what you are not going to get is 20, 25% return on investment or return on capital employed and not have a lot of risk. It just doesn't work like that. So I want this podcast to be about you choosing where your risk is and where it should be. Now, a couple of podcasts back, I did a podcast about 
uh, how to balance the risk in your property portfolio. And so you might be choosing some property purchases that are at an 8% yield, and you might be cho choosing some that are at 15% yield, and then they even out at 12%, roughly 11.5%. And then you've got a, a nicely balanced portfolio. Again, this is something that you're going to be looking at when you're looking at risk profiles, okay? So if you are the sort of investor who has got a huge amount of time, has got quite a bit of money in the bank and can afford to be putting down these 20 to 30% deposits and are more than happy to take a risk with the property in that you're going to do a development, you are going to be uh, changing tenants around, maybe you're going to try and get um, a building that's let to one tenant, negotiate a tenant out of part of the building, change around the uh, building, change around the upper parts of the building. In that state, you might think, actually, you know what? I'd be happy with a 15 to 20% return on capital employed. And if it doesn't work, well, at least I've got a tenant still in the building. And you would need to think long and hard about whether you like the risk of uh, whether that tenant would want to come out and whether you would like the risk of developing those upper parts because a slight change in that development cost can really make that return on investment wobble. And so I really suggest that when you're analyzing that, you analyze for um, sensitivity and how much needs to change if you are, say you go over by five grand, the, I don't know, the development goes over by five grand. How does that change your return on capital employed? You know, things like that, the small little uh, changes that could happen and may happen that ultimately can make or break a deal based upon what returns you want to see. Then what you can do is assess, okay, so I'd be getting X return from doing this. Is this the sort of risk that I want to take? And I always then encourage you to go and have a look at an eight or nine percenter. Go and have a, or even a seven percenter. Actually, to be fair, seven percenters are really quite nice um, deals because what you would do is you would buy the building and once you have bought the building um you just sit on it and you bring in an income that is it there is nothing else um there that is exciting about it but you don't have to do any maintenance the only thing you have to do is sit and collect rent and maybe get the building's insurance that is it and so if you then are looking at these higher return on capital employed, you know, those 15 to 20%, if it's only some small little tweaks that you have to make that mean that you fall down into that 11, 12%, but then for seven, eight, 9%, you could just be sitting on a building and doing nothing. You might want to consider whether you want the easy life where you're going to get this return into the future or whether you want the difficult life where it could be quite high stress in order to get your return on capital employed. So that is the first thing that I want you to be thinking about. Looking at that return on capital employed and just understanding that 7% will normally mean no stress. 20% 
will mean high stress and high risk. The risk up here is really high. And then it's about, well, what kind of money should I be putting into that? And do I want that high risk? So for me, I'm now 34 years old and I assume I've got quite a lot of time to play with. So if I ruin everything in my property portfolio, I've got some time to pick that back up and run with it. Whereas if I was probably in my mid, mid to late 50s trying to do this, I'd be hesitant to whether I wanted to do the more high risk stuff. But again, that's your decision. That's not my decision. It's about what type of money you want to, you could afford to lose and if you don't mind losing it. That's a decision you have to make. And I know that's a real hard thing, but property is, an, is a risk like any other investment. And usually what I would say with property is, property is up there with something that is pretty stable and doesn't offer huge returns over the long term. Yeah, you might buy something and increase it in value in that first instance, but from there on out, there might not be any up, uplift. So you might get that sudden uplift and then it all flattens out. Um, it's not as if year one, you get a 35% return on capital employed. Year two, you see the same. Year three, this you see the same. It doesn't happen like that because that would involve you having to constantly redo that building and you wouldn't want to do that anyway. You want to get it up into the value, into its best possible value, and then leave it and let the rental income come in. And of course, some of you might be listening to this and say, hey, Natasha, well, I have this serviced accommodation and it makes that much money. Or, hey, Natasha, I have got, I don't know, supported living. Some people with supported living might be able to make that much money. Okay, great. But for the most part, me personally, I want my property portfolio to be pretty low risk with a little bit of reward. I like the income that I get, but I don't want hundreds of those properties that could put me in a really risky situation, mainly because my husband wouldn't sleep at night. I don't particularly mind the risk. I'm pretty level headed when it comes to property, but my husband does mind the risk. And so it's not fair on me um, to put him in that position. And quite frankly, I'm not going to bet everything on my property portfolio anyway, because I don't need to lose it. So that then leads me to what we're seeing on the market at the moment. And I must admit there is two tier worth of market at the moment in the commercial property industry. Hear me out. So you've got everything at that sub £500,000 level. And then you've got this kind of gray area between the 500,000 to 800,000 pound range. And for 800,000 over, things start to change again. And the reason being is there's just not as many people playing in that 800,000 pound plus level at the moment. So what I mean by this two tier market is for anything sub, £500,000, there's still a lot of money or cash sloshing around at that level. So from that point of view, there's still a lot of players who would overpay on properties of 
that lower level just to get those just to get something out of it so what we would then start seeing is the medium risk properties being around that seven or eight percent and the higher risk properties being that nine percent plus which is mad because when you look at the the 800 plus size properties low risk properties we're seeing at that eight nine percent medium risk properties we're seeing at nine to ten percent and really high risk properties we're seeing at that ten percent plus so you're getting more bang for your buck at eight hundred thousand pounds or more than we are at sub five hundred thousand pounds and that is just down to supply and demand so for example, this week I have been looking at an NHS portfolio to buy for some of my clients. And all of those buildings are at £850,000 plus. And those NHS five to seven year leases are coming in at somewhere between eight to 9%. And NHS leases are really low risk, really, really, really low risk. But the fact that there isn't really that many players in a market of that level means that the yields have had to go higher to attract people who think mm, actually that's pretty tasty and then at that level when we're looking at maybe the multi-use buildings where there's small offices or cmos as some people like to say where they're not on these really strong leases you're starting to see them come to the market around 10 percent and then anything that's kind of wilder than that, so we've got some vacancies, say we've got um, properties that have been over-rented, so they've got some big tenants in there who are probably gonna drop in their rent. Um, we've got some areas that are vacant, there's other things to do. We're seeing them come at higher yields again. So that's suggesting to me that right now, if you've got the money to be in that higher price point, you are getting way more value for money than you are at that lower price point. Crazy, hey? And if you're coming in at that higher price point as well, overall, you're getting lower interest rates being offered. No joke. So at that lower price point, we're seeing anything sub 500,000. We're seeing interest rates for commercial property at around about seven eight percent per annum you move up to that eight hundred thousand pound plus you start to get into a level where you're not just pet playing with banks in the uk sphere you're playing with european banks banks from other countries who are happy to lend in a uk market but they've got minimums that they'll only lend on properties over eight hundred thousand a million pounds you know that kind of thing and then they'll be lending based upon the base rate in their own country. So then you can start to see uh, interest rates, three, four, 5% if you've got 50% loan to value. No joke. It's a completely different playing field. And one that more and more and more I keep looking at and thinking, crikey, we really are in a market where the more capital you have right now, the easier this is for you. 
Now, let me tell you, there are less and less properties coming to market that £800,000 plus. And once you get into a couple of million pounds, you know, you're in a completely different playing field again. That's where you're exchanging hands with pension pots and all of all big institutional investors. I'm not expecting, you know, huge amounts of people in that even higher again field. But it's just blown me away that the more money you have, the more insulated you are to any of the wobbles that are about to happen in the commercial property field. Number one, because you're paying better prices for the property. But number two, because you're getting better interest rates as well. So your investment's probably going to survive. Whereas at that lower end of the market where people just want to get their cash in really quickly, they're forcing prices up, which are forcing yields down, which means that that riskiness is far higher and that then makes me think what would I rather do at this moment in time would I rather find a lot of capital and put a load of capital together with someone else and be able to buy at that higher price point in which case I'd make more money for myself which again we're seeing so with some of my clients what I do is we now find portfolios and we split out the properties within the portfolios to um, different clients depending on their risk appetite and they pick the one that they want. So that means that overall we're paying 1.5, 2 million pounds for a property portfolio, but our clients are putting in 400, 500,000 pounds each for a title. So they're not joint venturing, they're just getting one of the titles from one of the portfolios, which is working really well right now because then you've got access to, you know, that better return, but also better finance if you want it. Um, versus go it alone and buy, you know, properties at that lower price point tend to and i'm not saying all of them are but they tend to be the smaller tenants who don't have as much of a financial history so they don't have that stability that as a investor you're looking for and traditionally for those kind of one man band type mum and pop shops we would expect to be paying an eight or nine percent yield for that now you know, some of them are transacting at 7%. Fine, if that's just where you want to put your money. But not so fine if that tenant's incredibly risky and they could go bust. So you need to be making sure that there's a deposit in place, a guarantor and any other security that you want. Interesting, isn't it? Really, really interesting. It is... going to be really 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 interesting to see what happens over the next 18 months in the commercial property market i have no um look if you don't need to transact so you don't need to sell something over the next 18 months i think you're in a good place if you can hold on to your property portfolio for the next five to ten years uh, maintain it well keep your tenants happy be prepared to negotiate with your tenants I think you should be okay and come out the other side just fine. If you are about to panic because things are gonna take a little bit of a wobble, 
be really worried. You don't need to get yourself into a really panicky situation right now. You need to look after your interests. Um, so that's my insight into your risk tolerance. So number one, what do we need to take away from this podcast is number one, what is your risk appetite really? Not what other people say you should be aiming for. Who cares about that? But what is your risk appetite? Would you mind going for a 15, 20% return on capital employed and you going for it, but then something changes and all of a sudden it's an 11 or 12% return on capital employed? Are you happy to take that risk? Or would you prefer to invest in something that is a uh, um, lower yield, but you know you're just going to buy and sit on it for a number of years and it's always going to bring its income in? That's a question for you. I mean, if you're buying at a 9% yield, that property should repay itself the money that you've put in within 11 years. If you're buying it at 10% yield, it should have paid for itself within 10 years, right? So are you prepared to sit on that property for that length of time and get all your money back out? Probably, if you are actually patient about it, you know, whereas if you're looking at 15 to 20%, you're saying, actually, I want that money back within four or five years. But would you wait an extra five years if you know for certain that you were going to get all of that money back out? I know that's a choice that you have to make, but that's how I would look at it. And then start thinking, what part of the market am I playing in? Am I playing in the lower market, which means that I'm going to have to pay probably a little bit more for the things that I'm bidding on? Or am I going to pay more, maybe join up with another investor and we can, you know, one of us take one title, we can buy portfolios. They are hard to come by, just an FYI. It's not as if I go out every single day and there's a portfolio for sale. You know, you seriously have to go snooping on that. But maybe that would put you in a better position. And finally, I can hear you saying, Natasha, what about that 500 to 800,000? It's weird. I think it's kind of an average of the two. Um, there's not so many people playing at that level, but there's more than obviously the 800,000 pound plus mark. You can still find some pretty good deals. I would say roughly um low risk you're probably looking at seven and a half to eight percent yields medium risk you're probably looking at about nine and a half percent yields and high risk you're looking at ten ten and a half percent yields all right so have a think let me know what has this podcast brought up for you i'd love to hear from you email me natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk thank you so much for listening to me today. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon. Thank you so much for listening today. If you've loved this pod, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And make sure to leave a five-star review as this makes me so happy and it helps to boost the show and get it out there to more property investors. Finally, if you want to email the pod, you can write to me, Natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.